Good evening, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of Neon Nights FM. I am your host, Michael DeLeon. Joining me today, we have a wonderful cast. We have the great Ernie-san. What's going on, guys? Sorry, I forgot my name there for a second. <laughs> it's been a long day, it seems. Next, yeah. we have the one, the only, Mrs. Miyagi. Wax on, wax off. And last but not least, joining us today is the former all-Valley under-18 karate champion, Bash. Thank you, thank you. Hold your applause, hold your applause. I am just a man like, like all of you. Now, you won't be a current you here. That's my question, Sean. Not yet. I'm just thinking of opening a bonsai shop, but uh, we'll see how we'll see how uh, how things turn out when I get this money. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Apparently, those sailors are really good at just throwing the money away on ice. So, how is how is everyone doing tonight? We'll start with Ernie. Um, you were right. Running that that into the diamond of uh, the karate kid one and two. Sweet, uh, Mrs. Miyagi. How are you doing? Uh, I am excited because I love the Karate Kid. I'm so excited to talk about it. And I'm just excited about Cobra Kai because now all these young kids that didn't know what the fuck the Karate Kid is are now obsessed with it. And I am just excited to talk about it tonight. And last but not least, how is our former All-Valley Under-18 Karate Champion doing tonight? So far, so good. I had a nice workout. Just, uh... Managed to do the go to the Oban Oban Festival. That was great, you know. How's just, that? How's that leg doing? Is it okay? I mean, I can't tell you what I can't tell you what Mrs. Miyagi did to it to make it make it better, but understand that. I, <laughs> Keyword here: He's the former All Valley. <laughs> oh, okay, let's let's just let's just say uh, after she was done, I I wasn't going to put passion before principal again. You know, just. Uh, <laughs> oh man, I can't wait till we do Karate Kids three and four. <laughs> I feel like I feel like when that comes when that comes, unfortunately, one of us has to do like 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 however you however you obtain it. I'm not going to tell you how to do that, but one of us needs to be like loaded on cocaine or something. I'll, I'll I'll be the one. I'll be the one. We'll do a vidcast and just like flower all over someone's face. He's like, all right, I'm ready. Let's beat up teenagers and start a karate kid dojo. <laughs> By the way, Mike, I feel, I feel like tonight is going to be nothing but a love episode for this movie. And then the next episode, when we talk about three and four, is just going to be, man, uh, we're just going to be- uh, Choices were made. Ripping it apart. Yeah. Ripping it yeah, apart. I, I sense that. I, I, I cannot disagree with that. Um, I, I recently went back. I, started, I watched it over the weekend just to make sure it was fresh in my head. And in case everyone's who's listening, I think it's easy to figure out. We're going to be talking about Karate Kid 1 and 2 today. Uh, karate, yeah, Karate Kid 1 and 2. Um, that, it's just such an enjoyable film, even though uh, there are some things I want to compare for Cobra Kai to, but we'll have to wait when we get to the Cobra Kai stuff. But yeah, it, it was it was definitely a trip, especially Cobra, um, Karate Kid 2. I actually liked it more than I thought I remembered liking it, if that makes right. sense. I don't know. Same here. It makes a lot of sense. But let's go dive right into it. So we're going to start with uh, Karate Kid 1, starting from the beginning, where uh, Mr. LaRusso and uh, his mother were in Jersey. They're packing up, saying goodbye to everyone, and he looks a little peeved off because he has to abandon everything that he knew. 
um, following the passing of his father. So uh, who wants to pick up? Okay, so I just got to say this. Mm -hmm. uh, I know I just said it that I'm excited that Cobra Kai has now brought back the Karate Kid franchise, but I just want people to know that even after it came out, like 10 years later, I remember going to the video store, the mom and pop video stores and Blockbuster, and that iconic poster would be at every single video store, even a decade after it came out. Like, I don't think people knew how fabulous and wonderful this movie is. On that note, which is why I'm so excited, but on that note, <clears throat> uh, well, we, yes. So Daniel LaRusso leaves Dirty Jersey for shitty California. And- Don't sure hey, hey, hey. how you really feel. Hey, 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 what's wrong with Rosita? <laughs> I, I think it's better than Dirty, dirty Jersey, homie. Yep, I got, I got nothing. I can't believe I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My Rosita okay, fan base. There goes all our viewers in Jersey. First off, yeah. I'm gonna use my hands on you again, all right? Then you really won't be able to walk. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> Fucking A. Anyways. <laughs> Wait, are we doing a summary or are we talking about the we're gonna talk we're gonna do a little Sorry. bit of both. We'll we'll go from point from point and then like you know describe what we liked okay. about various different scenes in, in chronological order or sequential order. I got this. I got this. <clears throat> I got this. All right. So here we go. Daniel LaRusso leads Dirty Jersey for Sunny California not really into it he uh he meets a so-called new friend at his apartment complex only to find out that guy is a real la douchebag um he falls in love with this beautiful blonde hottie aka uh susan shu am i getting it right i can't remember her name i'm mm -hmm. Allie, 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 Allie I know, no 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 right? yes, no yes. it's elizabeth shu thank you baby Sorry, guys, I'm a little tired. <clears throat> Rewind. Wee. <laughs> um, he he meets the uh, beautiful Elizabeth Shue, aka known as Allie in the movie, and she is the ultimate California girl. And he is right away very attracted to her and smitten. And then uh, you meet these hot, hot, hot babes on motorcycles known as the Cobra Kai's, which are the ultimate badasses. And one of them is uh, Johnny Lawrence, who is the ex-boyfriend of Ali. And he sees Ali and Daniel LaRusso talking and he becomes immediately jealous. And uh, he approaches Ali and he's like, you know, what the hell are you trying to do that do? And she's like, mind your business. I'm trying to talk to this babe. It's over. And then Daniel Aldridge is like, yo, man, what's up? What's up? And then Johnny Lawrence <laughs> kicks his ass. And Johnny Lawrence just kicks his ass. And then that is the start of our story. Uh, Daniel LaRusso then wants to learn karate. Knows and Well, the I think the important thing... Uh is he claimed to have known karate because he learned a little bit at the local Y, if I'm not mistaken. No, yeah, yeah. no oh, yeah, that was that was the part that really that's like, because I always remembered it from not from what from watching it years ago and then as you come back, you just assume, oh I guess Mr. Miyagi taught him everything. Oh no. He had just the bare minimum of any mm -hmm. kind of knowledge that the Y would provide. I was about to say no one really learns karate at the Y, okay? 
Yeah, but he still claimed it. And like the guy, that douchey guy that you mentioned, I completely forgot his name. Uh, was like, oh, because you know he because he wasn't worth it. That's why. That's why you don't remember. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's like, dis- oh, you know, karate. After Danny kicked in the door in the he beginning, he is a two faced bitch, and I'm sure he regretted not being Daniel's friend. Fucking little follower. Just all, like- all the, then it, like, technically, it isn't until the All Valley tournament when Danny finally gets to come up. And from that guy's perspective, it's just here's Larusso getting his ass handed to him on a regular basis for the better part of like eight months. I just hope mm-hmm. that guy does not show up in Cobra Kai. Not well, he's gonna, he's gonna be the main character. He's gonna be like the main like side mm-hmm. character for season five, you know. Listen, no one remembers him, but that's just to show you how California folks go. And I'm sure we lost a bunch of California listeners. I mean, I've heard if you didn't do that, I might find myself in the West Coast at some point, and I don't want to get beaten up by some Cobra Kai's because you had to say something. Now, before I was really interrupted by everybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have to make sure we, we get these points down. Like it wasn't like you know Larusso wasn't didn't have any sort of knowledge. It was just he had a very like Michonne said very limited knowledge. Listen, I watch Bruce Lee movies. Do you think I can fight like Bruce Lee? No, but I'm pretty sure you can beat up Danny at, at that point in the movie. <laughs> well, I mean, if like you... literally, he had the one kick and a sucker punch that he used to great effect a couple of times. But other than that. <laughs> If you could stand up, he could do nothing to you. <laughs> Anyways, so one day Daniel LaRusso is looking at a book trying to uh, do karate moves because apparently you can learn karate from a book. And then comes the wonderful, amazing Mr. Miyagi, played by the late, great Pat Mor. More, oh my God! I'll rewind again. Pat Marita, you're good. Is, am I pronouncing it right though? I feel like yeah. Pat. yeah. Yes. All right, rewind. Yeah. We'll edit that. You're gonna re-edit this, right? Uh, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Neon Knights episodes go up like raw, so. Just like, like, you know, like just like, just like, just like, like he said. I apologize, guys. I've been up since. Wait, look. If they've been listening, if they've been listening to our podcast for this long, they know. They know. All right. Anyway, yeah, exactly. the wonderful Mr. Miyagi comes and it's like, oh, Danielson, our karate, and he's like, yeah, I know, I know a few tricks from the Y. You know, you know, I'm from Hoboken. I, I go go to the Y, and then Mr. Miyagi is like. They slowly become friends, and Mr. Miyagi like uses him to do stuff around the house. But Daniel's like, "Oh, I'm learning karate," and Mr. Miyagi's like, "You know what? I'm gonna trick this fool. I'm gonna make him do housework and make him believe <laughs> learning karate." For high home advantage, and then, yes. Oh, well, I was gonna oh. say, there's that moment where Daniel gets frustrated because of what you're saying, right? And when Mr. Uh, Miyagi's like, hey, show me wax on, wax off, or sand the floor, or paint the oh, house, enough. right? Mm-hmm. Um, when when Daniel was doing, like, the, the fast arm there we go, fast arm motions, um, it kind of reminded me of, uh, what's his name from Cobra Kai? Uh, the nerdy kid who I don't like who's friends with Eli slash Hawk. Dimitri. Uh, oh, Dimitri, yeah. yes. Yeah. yeah I that's... got, like, a flash of Dimitri at that moment. Oh no, like that's the thing I took away from this, like when we get to Cobra Kai. But yeah, no, Danny is very much Dimitri. Like, if there's anyone who's like an analog for someone in these series, like Dan, like it's not that it's not, um, it's not Miguel or it's, it's not, not Robbie. Robbie. It's Dim- Dimitri is the most like Danny LaRusso in the entire in that series. 
Mm-hmm. He's a, he's a, he was that guy. He's a guy with the smart mouth who either sound off at the wrong time or do the wrong thing to piss somebody off. Who who desperately needs who needs the karate not just to focus but to actually you know temper well, or ideal well, ideally temper himself to be a better person. Yeah. But uh, but another thing I want to bring as you bring up the discussion, especially with this last watch through. There are a lot of hints that Miyagi isn't what he seems. Yes. Way before, like way before he actually saves Danny at, at the Hall- after the Halloween dance. Well, isn't it more when he's pissing her apartment than anything else when they start showing a little bit of his, uh, the way okay, like, he's moving? Look, it goes even further. Like the first time you see Mr. Miyagi when, when, when Danny and his mom are moving in. And they, he walks into his office to tell him about the what was it, the radiator need to be fixed. Or, I think it was, it was it was the faucet. The yeah. faucet in the apartment needs to yeah. be fixed. About and the I, faucet. Yeah, you see him practicing the, the fly catching with the chopsticks. Yeah, with the chopsticks exactly. And yep. you just think he's being and you and his main think, oh no, he's just not paying attention to you. No, he's doing. He's trying to catch it already. And then, like then was then when he's doing when he's fixing the faucet, he immediately clocks the black eye that Danny has, and and even like anyone in that movie can easily see through the terrible lies he's telling. Mm-hmm. But he's he's not gonna he's not gonna pressure this kid to tell him what's what actually going on. Like, oh, what, what? I'll be snarky, which I forget how I forgot how snarky he was in this first movie. <laughs> so just, yeah, okay, all right. And even with the Halloween dance, like before he like before Miyagi makes him the costume, you see he's lighting jack o' lanterns. And this is the thing that until the watch the, the watch I did today, look at like I'll, I'll, and I'll tell you guys to go back and watch that scene. As Danny's complaining about he doesn't know what to do, and it's like you see he's he lit a match, but he's holding that match way too long for a normal person to hold on to it. To the part it's it's already almost burned completely through by the time he he decides to put it out. Not that he notices he's gonna burn his hands. It's like oh no, his his hands are tempered, and I don't think it's all just repair work. Yeah, and I a lot of that comes like it gets reinforced when we do get to uh, almost I keep saying Cobra Kai Karate Kid too. Um, right. <laughs> That does get reinforced, especially when he does something for Sato. Exactly. Towards the end of that film. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, yes. What? Oh, and, and, then, and then the last the last point is, after he saves Danny, like, you see, he tries to stand him up with both of his arms. But, with, like, and it's a thing that I didn't catch until, again, until you, until, thanks to the beauty of HD, is... Oh no! Once he realizes Danny can't walk, he just he he lifts him up by he lifts him up with one arm and carries him back. And it's like yeah. it's not like the traditional over the shoulder. He's like like you're holding a baby. He 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 lifts him by his he cradles him under his legs and just like lets him slump over his shoulder and just carries him back to back to his office slash place he sleeps. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then it's, yeah, that's a weird thing. He, I know he's he's like the super of the building, but he sleeps there. But he also has a house. That he also sleeps in. That he lets all the disrepair or disuse, rather, right? Right. Until Danny comes around. Exactly. Yeah, he's like, I'm going to get my house fixed. I was going to say, well, if you want to take it deeper, I mean, it could be like a metaphor for, like, you know, meeting that person who. Because he never. Because when you later on find out that Mr. Miyagi lost his wife um, in childbirth, right? Through that Mm. letter that Danny reads towards, like, I would say, what, three quarters or two thirds through the film? Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. You know, it could also serve, and I'm getting way too probably deep on this, but it could serve as like also a metaphor, you know, that after his wife passed with the unborn child, right, that was a part of his old life that he wanted to forget, and he just left it, you know, fall to disrepair. And then when Danny comes, it kind of 
injects some life into him. That is beautiful. It is. That is very beautiful. Yeah, because you can tell, like, oh no, when he get, when he got back from World War Two, he had money, mm-hmm. the house, the cars, the like, pretty much like there's so many things that he's got going for him that you know. Once he lost everything, once, he, once he, he in his mind he lost everything. He just just left it away. Side. He's sleeping in. He's just pretty much just sleeping in his office now. With the, with the bonsai trees, exactly. Yeah. And also to add to what you were saying earlier, Vashon, and I think it's something that persists even into Cobra Kai, which I think is like probably one of the best, like the best treatments for a character I've seen in I would say like modern television, is or even just in film as well. Mr. Miyagi's mysticism transcends like the films itself and goes into Cobra Kai and there's always that like extra layer and that mystery of his character that you just start uncovering and just as you think you discovered more about uh, some like all there is he surprises you with something else oh yes like and I appreciate because I didn't realize they never explained how he does it it's like like when like this he's he's telling Daniel to show him the moves that he's taught him even though he technically doesn't know he knows it already He's like, well, I can't lift my arm. And then he does the thing where he, like, grabs his shoulder. And it's under his shirt, so you can't see what he's doing. And you assume it's some sort of massage or something, but his arm works just like new. And fast forward to the end when Danny, when Daniel's knee is almost perfect. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know how. Like, his knee is just pretty messed up. Whatever yeah. Miyagi does, we don't get to see it, but he's fine enough to walk. Maybe not maybe not walk fast, but he's fine enough to stand on his own two feet and walk back, walk back to the mat. And yeah, it, you can put some pressure on it. So, just to clarify, because I'm trying, it was Bobby who messed up his leg, right? Yes. Yes. And, and, and Bobby and, and, even. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. No, Bobby is like I realized he's the one that like anytime there's a scene where someone's questioning Johnny or thinking about questioning Priest or saying, "Hey, we're going too far," that's enough. It's always Bobby, the one who's who's let's go, who's jumping in and trying to you know calm things down, which yep. makes it even more tragic. I, I imagine Kreese already knew this, which is why he very explicitly told Bobby to be the one to do it. Yeah. He's like, oh, I'm going to get disqualified, though. He says, I don't care. Yep. Oh, man, Kreese, what a douche. <laughs> <laughs> but the craziest part is, Kreese, like, as bad as Kreese is, he isn't as bad as he gets in, spoilers, sequels and the series itself. Oh, Because yeah, like, when, when Miyagi comes to the dojo to try it, like, and that's, and that's the other thing. The whole fighting in the tournament was the last-ditch effort that Miyagi comes up with on the fly. Yeah. His original idea is, look, I'll be an adult, talk to this guy, tell him, hey, lay off, we're good. It isn't until he sees Crease and sees how he's teaching these kids that he decides, you know what? I'm going to do something about this. And even then it's, hey, I'm going to try to tell you to back off and we will walk away. But when push came to shove, and Miyagi's first instinct was, let me start pushing his buttons now. It's It was a weird kind of form of respect that he has for Miyagi. He's like, you know what? Because what does he say when when Miyagi comes up with the idea for the tournament and then demands that they leave Daniel alone so he can train? He says, so you got all that balls. Oh, but I like that. Yeah. He's genuinely yeah. impressed that this, this, this old, old man not only beat, beat his prized students, but also had 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 the balls to stand up to Crease himself and demand something of him. Well, Crease is someone who who respects strength. I think that's obvious to see. Yeah. And I think pretty much in this film, he's more like the devil on their shoulders as opposed to like a major threat. And we, you know, of course, we don't see him in the second movie. Uh, well, we do, but very briefly. Um, and it's <laughs> until like 
the third movie where uh, things go off. Everything goes those cuckoo bananas. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, he was a nom. Wait. <laughs> so was so was Rambo. He didn't go terrorizing teenagers. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> you know what? I well now if since we're on the subject of Kreese, Cobra uh, Cobra Kai. Do we agree in their methods? Uh, in the methods of what? Their mythology strike, or? Strike, strike first, strike hard, no mercy. Well, I imagine, well, they all thought it was until they saw exactly what he meant by that at, in, during the tournament. Here's the thing, right? Every philosophy that no ever have in life, there's always two or more sides to it. Mm-hmm. Right, there's one side that's gonna be good, like in Cobra Kai when Johnny tries to teach it, and when he tries to enforce it. Strike first, in however way you need to to get something done. Like for instance, um, I don't remember the name of the girl now. I'm blanking on her name. The you mean Allie? Heavy, Allie? Allie. No, the heavy set girl from Cobra Kai. Oh, Aisha. 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 The way she went and she struck out on her own when she went to a new school, she struck first by getting to know the other people around. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to have a class. I'm sorry. Oh no, that's perfect. Strike first, strike hard, no. Sorry. No, that's perfect. That's Literally, no, that mythology could go a number of ways. Normally, if they do it the creep way, it's pretty goddamn terrible. And it doesn't be murdering people left and right. If you follow it in a way where you're using it to put yourself first without harming as many people as you can, it's a very good mythology. It's, it, to, to go up, to back up what you were saying, it's kind of what Johnny tries to do in the Cobra Kai series. Yeah, 100%. It's yeah. kind of like, not to compare it to other franchise, it's, um, I'm going to anyway. Yeah. It's like Star Wars. The mm-hmm. dark side, the force, the light side, the force. Right. Same concept where it's one entity of what you're using. In that case, it's the force, right? Each eye obviously has <laughs> good points and bad points. If when you go too far to one extreme, that it gets bad. Everything in some kind of balance is good. Right, and we see that in the, uh, you know, to keep it on Star Wars just for a brief moment before we hop back into it. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. You do see that, like, in the extended universe stuff that isn't canon, but, like, Sith Lords, you see what happens when they embrace in certain aspects of the dark side, like Nihilus and his hunger. He became, like, the dark side and just kept feeding off of the Force and yeah. Force-sensitive worlds, or Darth Sion, who, whose will to just live despite his physical body crumbling persisted him to keep on going despite being smited several times but we'll go back to uh karate kid but imagine karate kid like you even see that in cobra kai like danny shown gun the whole over mr miyagi's season that he's unwilling to bend and adapt right and he teaches the right way same thing with johnny at a certain point but the whole mythology of both their philosophies can work in a way so, matching your original question, Koma Kai philosophy, it's pretty good. Independent. How do you know, Alex? 
very situational, I would say, to answer your question, Mrs. Miyagi. I think so, because I feel now as I've growing up, it was always, you know, Mr. Miyagi way. And then as I've gotten older, and again, the Cobra Kai series have influenced my judgment is in the real world, though, sometimes being nice and taking the higher road is not always the way. Sometimes you gotta be a little forceful. Sometimes you have to be a little mean, maybe, maybe a smidge bully, depending how, how you do it, because you won't survive. And I do believe don't, don't show mercy on your enemies, because if they show no mercy on you, but that's as I've gotten older, my views have changed. Well, there's also that colloquial <clears throat> phrase which I think fits the Cobra Kai philosophy, take a shit or get off the pot. I think if we're going to look at the Cobra Kai philosophy and what works and what doesn't work, um, it's something like Miyagi's. It's very contextually based. You know, Not everything's going to fit uh, like cookie cutter. You know, Philosophies are made by humans, and humans are inherently just flawed. So there's always going to be a problem with one philosophy or the other. Mm -hmm. so. It is, but when, but you know – Rewatching the Karate Kid recently, and obviously, you know, it's Daniel LaRusso's journey and Mr. Miyagi's, you know, in the passenger seat with him. And so we're just looking at that side. Um, and they just make it seem like, you know, Cobra Kai's are, are just these, these bullies, which they, they kind of are. They, you know, alpha males walking around like their shit don't stink. And... Am I wrong? But also at the same it's, time, it's just accurate. there are <laughs> moments of like where you do see like they're they're not entirely garbage. Like like when we mentioned Bobby. Yeah, Bobby's right? like, yo, chill, man, chill. Yeah, he's like trying to say, Johnny, he's had enough. He can't even stand, you know. And like even Johnny himself, like when like when he like when like when he when it's like the way it's trained in movies, he's crashing Allie's date with, with Danny at the country club and he's supposed to meet her there. Mm -hmm. Now keep in mind, like Johnny isn't there, is wasn't there for Allie. Allie's mom brings Johnny over because she spots Johnny, because yeah. she really likes Johnny and Allie together, even though since they're just like, you know, rich a-holes. <laughs> like, you yeah. know what? The rich kid is, is good for our daughter, even though even though our daughters repeatedly said that they broke it up. <laughs> but no, but when what what does Johnny do when he sees Allie? He doesn't try to he doesn't try to scam her immediately, try to do something. So like, He's just like, all right. He calls and says, "Look, you know what? We'll, let's let's at least like we like let's at least call a truce. Let's let's try and just be civil." It's not until he sees Danny shows up that he knows why he's there, and that's when he decides to be a douche because it's, it's which is awful. As it's not even about Allie at that point. To, it's to, just to, being the alpha to, to, to kiss her. Is it exactly? It's just it's all just to to just to hurt Danny since he can't physically hit him. He's gonna hurt him in some other way. But before he get before he sees Danny to get that idea, he's genuinely trying to just smooth things over so you know she doesn't immediately hate him going forward, and then he decides he's gonna blow he's gonna blow that to get his revenge. I really would have loved to see. I don't. I've never heard of anything of it being shot, but you know when they when her friends uh, confront Daniel at the arcade and they talk about how Allie like gave Johnny a black eye. I don't know if they ever filmed it, but that would have been quite a scene to see. Oh, well they did show the slap. And then there's, and from the way Shot is saying, that's how she hurt her wrist. 
because she slapped him that hard. Even though, you know, when you watch it, that wasn't that hard of a slap. But Listen, a slap and the punch are two entirely different things. Have I taught you nothing? <laughs> well, did yeah, they that's... specify if it was a punch? Didn't they just say that she sprained her wrist hitting Johnny? Right? Yeah. That, that's, yeah. That, that's, what, that's, as far as, that's as far as it got. Yeah. And then... But yeah, because I don't know, because in, in, you know, in the 2021-2022 view, I can see both sides now. It's like, hey, it's like, hey he's not, like, Danny's not going to know that because he wasn't there for it. Mm-hmm. But then also on her friend's side, it's like, wait, she shouldn't have to come run and tell you that's what right. happened. Especially since throughout the entire thing, she's been trying to be with Danny. Right. right? There's not a moment, like, even when her parents disapprove, she's doing everything she can to be with Danny. So his insecurity... Uh, lacks merit, in my opinion, at least. Which is a through line for not just this, not just for the movie, oh, and the, sequel, for, the yeah. franchise as a whole. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh no, as good as you are and as much as you learn, you just have that weird insecurity. Like, the thing that makes you and, and Johnny so similar, even in this movie by itself, it's, oh no, we're both rash hotheads. We're just on different sides. We're just on different sides of the fence. Like, if, if, like, if Johnny had shown up to Cobra Kai before before meeting Ali, he'd have, he'd have seen it just fit right in with the rest of them. Yeah. I mean, that kind of went into some of the later movies in a way. Right? Because what you call him? Aside from aside from Johnny being the rich kid, everybody, they, everybody else is just like a normal dude like Danny. They're all they all go to the same school. They don't. What they have? They have like cool dirt bikes. That's as far as it gets. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> I mean, in all new honestly, the Cobra Kai came for normal kids. Did they have a weird mythology behind them that kind of made them more aggressive? Yeah, it could. But it also taught them discipline and respect as well. It's just mm-hmm. that season pushed them to the edge for a competition for the sense of the kill. Especially, and that's what happened. Yeah, especially you know when when you watch Cobra Kai, the show, mm-hmm. you kind of understand how Crease developed that philosophy in season yeah. what two or three? Was it three? No, two. No, it was no, season three. It was season three. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah, which yeah. ironically enough is the mirror to Mr. Miyagi. Mm-hmm. Well, I say a dark mirror for Mr. Miyagi. I yeah. Say. Would you say like a foil, maybe even? Mm. Yeah. I, I, I guess because yeah, they got like they they're they're both war veterans who both lost the loves of their lives. Mm-hmm. One went one way, one went the other. Essentially, okay. It's just that Miyagi Miyagi just turned that pain inward, and we're lucky. It's just all he ended up being was the was the drunken super at, at some guy's apartment building, yes. versus Crease, who decided he's going to internalize it and then take that out on anyone else. That he that he feels need, that he feels it needs me, and then train others to do the same. It, it's kind of like yeah. Miyagi. Oh God, you're gonna say something? No, no, I'm gonna read with um, a side point. But it, it was like kind of like creases the raging, you know, inferno, while Miyagi was kind of like a banked coal at that time before Danny showed up. Yes. And Mrs. Miyagi, you, you sounded like you wanted to say something. Mm-mm. No, I was oh. just listening. I was just listening. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's all good. I just want to make sure everyone gets their uh, their say. You know. But how about you? What do you think of the idea, um, Mrs. Miyagi, of uh, Crease, the mirroring relationship of Crease and Miyagi? <sighs> well, 
I mean, I really hate to fucking say it, but uh, <laughs> I kind of agree with, yeah, Vashon knows what's coming. I kind of agree with what Vashon was saying about it. Wait, wait, why, why do you sound so sullen all of a sudden? Because, you know... She can't give me the satisfaction. Like, she uh, can't. Uh, yeah. A sensei should be smarter than the student, you know? Wait, wait, um, so are you his sensei? Uh, Yeah. Oh, I did not know this. Whoa, there's a there's a whole mythology right now, Ernie, that I'm just becoming enlightened to. I mean, well, she, I don't well, know how is, you mean it. Well, yeah. Wait, who says I'm scary? What? What? I said I don't know how he didn't see it. I didn't say scary. Don't worry. <laughs> I mean, if if you listen to podcasts or you know just our private conversations, I'm teaching. Oh, I know. I'm teaching him everything I know. <laughs> Well, in the essay, right? You're soon the only becoming to master. Oh, so you gotta be ready for that. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I don't know, but I might have to flip that at some point. Ooh. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Now, I I have an interesting question. I've heard some people discuss it. And my mom was watching Karate Kid with me the other night and she brought it up. So there's the whole thing that they claim Daniel's the bully. Oh, that's how Cobra Kai got started. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But, um, but, but, but watch this. So or I'm watching Karate Kid with my mom, and <laughs> it starts with the Halloween party that, you know, we all know, like, I mean, Allie didn't tell him what to do, but she was just like, someone should stand up to him. And he, you know, dumb high school kid was like, I'm going to impress her. I'm going to wow her. And he just, you know, uh, pours water on Johnny at the Halloween party in the bathroom stall. And my mom goes, so stupid. Why is he bothering people or that's not bothering him? Now, now here's the thing. Just, it's, it, the, the fault with that is twofold. First off, hang on a second. First off is... Careful what you, know, you say about my mom. Nah, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> don't, don't twist that against me. How dare you? <laughs> you see, Bash, remember, it's like in uh, the boat scene. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> wait, what does that mean? Let me let me sit uh, down for uh, a uh, Karate Kid, boat scene when Miyagi's fishing. Oh, okay, okay. I'm like, yeah. what do you mean? Okay, yes, go on. Go on. So basically, what you call First off, Danny, like, Danny, like, he just took advantage of the opportunity, for one. But, hey, look, this is like, he didn't have like like Johnny doesn't even know you're there, so you know what you you like you legitimately lucked with that giant costume you had on. You lucked out that he didn't spot you, and then two, if you're gonna pull that prank, do it with a costume that's more aerodynamic. Like if you showed up wearing like the Spider-Man costume, but he wasn't prank Walk out like no. Him. Yeah, but he knew he could barely get around in that thing. He's he's smashing into anything and everyone trying to get out the bathroom. Must just run out to school. But aren't guys? But aren't guys at that age just stupid when it comes to a girl? Like, if she says jump, they go how high? Some, some are. Um, depends on the girl too. Like, depends on the guy. If there's like a like, almost think of it as like a a correlating graph. Like, there's a point where the guy would be like, no, you know. You would Mm -hmm. think you would think that self-preservation, you know, the thing that he's been looking like looking for because he's trying to avoid them, would have kicked in. Like, you know what? Let me at least take this costume off before I try to pull this trick. I mean, to be fair, right? His number one downfall is his pride. Throughout the whole movie. Like, he's just too damn proud and too full of himself. 
take even begins to think of taking off the costume and doing it. And to be fair, they had pretty much left him alone. Mm-hmm. They weren't messing with him anymore. No. He decided to restore up that whole rivalry just to impress her and just to get some penny revenge. Which, you know, technically speaking, if you think of the Cobra Kai philosophy of striking first, at yeah, that point, because after, like you said, it had been a while since they messed with him. So at this yeah. point, Danny was the one striking first and becoming the antagonizer. Oh, 100%. And that's why I said that he fit in so well with their philosophy. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't for the president at all, he would have been an other Cobra Kai member. In fact, if I remember correctly, didn't he go to Cobra Kai first in, at some point? So he goes to Cobra Kai. Well, in this film, he goes to yes. Cobra Kai. He sees that Johnny's there. He gets He's to like, the oh, yeah, and then leaves, and then he doesn't join Cobra Kai until Cobra. Uh, I'm sorry, Cobra Kai three. Until uh, three. Karate Kid three. Thank you. Yeah, mm-hmm. where we yeah. have the coke, coke fueled Terry Silver. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, oh. I was high on cocaine. I wanted to torture a child. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like as we, I feel like as we're talking about it, we have that we have that uh, that's that snow that's that powder that powdery snow. Spectre just looming over us of Terry Silver just waiting Listen, for something. Co- cocaine's one hell of a drug, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's nothing back in the 80s. My, um, oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> really don't it's hard to top cocaine. At that point. It kind of is. <laughs> cocaine, Terry Silver, was something else. But that's the other movie entirely. That's not going there yet. Yeah. But still. <laughs> There was that moment where he was like, ooh, karate. I got beat up by someone who, who knows karate. Let me go take a look. And uh, lo and behold, guess who was there? The guy who beat you up the previous night. Yeah. And the whole thing is, is that the Cobra Kai model fit his whole personality. Mm-hmm. It's just that Johnny had to be there. Otherwise, he would have been born. He would have been worse than Crease by the end of the movie, in my opinion. Growing up, the interesting thing that Johnny being there, right, is the fact that because Johnny was there, he turned his back on Cobra Kai. It had nothing to do with the teachings of Cobra Kai. He thought Cobra, like from the expression on his face, he looked at like hopeful towards Cobra Kai. But it was as soon as he saw Johnny, there was that grudge automatically from the previous night that persisted mm-hmm. and prevented him from going, which is a common theme that occurs throughout this entire franchise. Like Michelle yep. was mentioning earlier about the other things too. Which you know, which is which, when you get to the tournament, you see how many different dojos are in this or in the valley. Mm-hmm. It's, oh no, he could have kept looking. He, yeah. he didn't have to just. He just like the moment, like as if Johnny just soured him on the whole idea well, of just karate in general. Well, until, remember, Mr., until Mr. Miyagi showed up, he didn't have a car, and you know, I don't know if you've been to LA. It's not really the yeah, best place to ride car. the bike. You need a car, so there's that plot point. Uh, that makes sense. He just couldn't get around. He had his huffy. He could have rode his bike. Bro, it's not <laughs> like that. <laughs> I don't know. He was getting around pretty fine. You don't know how to help it, Sean, because I'm telling you, it's not what you think it is in LA with the bike riding. Well, maybe now, but like in 1984, it's probably like. Oh, according to the mother. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think in this case, he's just like, he's the antagonizer right now. You see, like... Again, uh, this is why he's the former. 
<laughs> Wait, the former what? You left. You're leaving us hanging. Former what? I mean, he's the former All Valley Under 18 Karate Champion. He's the former. Well, then we have to get the person who's the current former All. I mean, the current. Wow, fuck me. <laughs> the current All Valley Under 18 Karate Champion. Yeah. I mean, how many years of Rashad have with him now? It may not be a fair argument. Hey, is that, yeah, is that, fa is that fair? I'm only the former champion because I because I aged out, okay? <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, man. <laughs> I can't. I love this. <laughs> I love this. Uh, I'm just going to throw something here for the ladies and any other types of folks are into men. I just want to say this. You men out there, take note, because out of all these franchises, every all the guys from the Karate Kid, babes, babes then and babes now, even Crease, even Crease don't look so bad after, you know, all the people he killed at Nam and all the karate students he's being the shit out of. Even Silver, you can't Terry. You can't say Terry don't look good with all that cocaine. He aged so good. <laughs> Ralph, and, you know, Ralph Macchio, you know, uh, Dorian Gray himself. You know, is what I'm saying. Almost. Well, you know, crossroads. Saying, hotties, hotties then and hotties now. Good God. I'm just saying there's a crossroads even involved. You know, someone made a deal. Well, you, have, you seen, wait, you've never seen the movie. Wait, have you seen the movie Crossroads, John? Is that the one with Rutger Hauer? It's with um, uh, it's with Ralph Macchio, um, and uh, the film was inspired by Robert Johnson, and Steve Vai is in it. See. It's you would have think you'd have thought I'd been I'd have seen that, but no. Oh, that might be a movie we have to do like as a movie night one of these days. Yeah. Ooh. I'd recommend checking out if you haven't. Basically, uh it, it, it touches upon the whole crossroads demon thing, which is why I thought you, you saw it when you mentioned it. Oh no. Although I gotta add to the list. It's it's the karate kid, it's the karate kid movies, my cousin Vinny. That's kinda where it stops for me. Mm, gotcha. Okay. And it's not because I've been avoiding it, it was just yeah, I really, uh, I really kept up. <laughs> movie night, guys. Movie night. Yes, movie night. There you go. We got to plan the next movie night. Um, since we're almost at the first break mark, you guys want to take a break here, and then when we come back. We talk a little bit more Karate Kid, and then uh, hop into Karate Kid Two. Certainly. Where where we, we are introduced to, I think, the better of the two romantic uh, options, but that's just. Me. <laughs> Although, wait, I do have a point to uh, I'll, maybe wait till after the break, but I do have a point to bring up about romantic interest in Danny Larusso. Okay, no problem. Uh, we'll do that when we come back. Then, all right. Smoke him if you got him. Welcome back. So, um, we left off with talking about uh, the quality of writing for the love interests of Danny, a young Danny Larusso, at least within the first two films. Um, starting off with Allie, uh, Michonne, you want to leave it off? Yeah, it's it's part. It's a thing where it's the well, considering like the actual true story. As you know, Ali, I feel like she's solid enough. She's well as solid as the early to mid eighties would allow a female character to be. To be honest, <laughs> oh yeah. Like this is like it's as good as she's gonna get. Like she isn't. She isn't. She isn't helpless. She can. She can take care of herself. The times when you see she's being she's being bullied, it's because you know Johnny's there with like. All of his buddies, so of course she can't do anything about it when he steals her her boombox and smashes it and stuff like that. 
So just to as a counterpoint, but is that really a valid reason though for them to kind of have her just as like the romantic interest, especially since Alien was already a film in '79, if I'm not mistaken, and Aliens would come out two years later. Right, but I feel like those are more exceptions than the actual rule itself. You're not wrong to that. <laughs> yeah. But she she ha- she shows plenty of agency. She's <clears throat> what you call him. When what 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 she stands she stands up to Johnny numerous times. When she try when she breaks things off with Daniel the first time, but well before the whole miscommunication at the country club, she's like, "Look, I know where I know where this is going with guys like with like she says with guys like you and Johnny." Because she sees like how we like how we would all come to see. It. It's like, oh no, these two are pretty are pretty similar, and it's kind of it's hard it's hard to it's hard to avoid. So she's like, you know. <laughs> And what did she say? What did she say when when Danny finally shows up at the at, what was it, at the arcade afterwards, and he finds out that that Allie was not into Johnny? He's like, no, she like she she's not mad at you because what you she's mad because she thought you were different, <laughs> that you yeah. weren't like oh. him. She's like, oh, what were you doing? Backflips or something? Right? Was that what she said? So, oh, something like that. Something to yeah. that effect. Yes. So she was taking a little jab at his uh, karate stuff that he used or karate training. Right. But <clears throat> excuse me. But yeah, she, I, she's, she's, yeah, she's put, yeah. Oh, I can't even talk all of a sudden. I'm all, I'm all tongue tied thinking about, no, thinking about Elizabeth Shue. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> I'm just saying, you know. I mean, comparing it me, <clears throat> they're basically kind of how we were talking about Crease and. Yeah, in the mirrors of each other, they're kind of mirrors, in a way. Because Annie is more dependent on what she gained from her parents. While, um, I can't remember her actual character name now, I'm blanking. Wait, wait Allie or, or... Elizabeth Seuss. Allie. Yeah, Allie. Okay, it is Allie. Okay. Allie Mills, I think, right? Yeah. Yes. Alright. Like she's just more of a. She has some sadness because of her parents, and because of that she has a certain way of being, and she's confident enough to know what she wants, which is kind of rare in those days, movie wise. But normally, Matt Nettie knows movies and was, normally know what she wanted until the guy told her, right? That stereotypical mm-hmm. bullshit that. It's so unrealistic, it doesn't work anymore. Thank God. But other characters have done it a lot better. Um, what was her name in the second movie? Uh, uh, go ahead, Sean. I'll say Kumiko. No, or is it Kimmy? Yeah. Oh. oh, it's Kumiko. Because like, I, I was confident until I had to say it. I was like, damn it, how did I forget that fast? No, because I only confused him with uh, Wolverine's girlfriend, Kimiko. Very, you're off by a vowel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, but I wasn't sure which one it was. I didn't want to embarrass myself, so thank you. <laughs> um, like, yeah. just just picture like one's going after one's going after Rockbot, you know? the other one's trying to stay away from from Hugh Jackman for some reason. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, like I find her to be the more competent character. No one she wants it well, but also has a sense of fitness and has her own values. It's to the point of understanding 
more empathy. That's why I say. Why any more stuff in her own ways? I find. Well, what's the name again? Komiko. To me, more. There's empathetic understanding and kind of wiser in a way, if that makes sense. Right. Well, do you think that may have something to do with the upbringing? Like, yes. it's a very different cultural upbringing compared to if you grew up in the West, particularly in California during the 80s. Mm -hmm. um, and then you wind up going up, growing up in a small Japanese fishing village. Oh, 100%. It has to do with the different culture and change and all that. But it's also just the way they were portrayed in the movies as well. Mm -hmm. I find her to be a more competent character in general. Oh, yeah. I mean, she's the one who... Uh teaches Danny the whole dancing thing. It was like, what was that? Like probably the first 25 minutes, uh, not minutes, 25% into the film when he's on that bridge and he's trying to do that, the, the drum technique. Right. And she's like, she's like laughing. He's like, what are you trying to do? And he's like, I'm trying to talk to the drum. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. And then the part where he almost gets killed at the cannery. <laughs> yeah. So, again, because, you know, like, Rash and headstrong. Mm -hmm. I was like, you see Miyagi? So, yeah, I think I can do it. Forgetting you're editing the main <laughs> cannery. <canary. laughs> like, hey, maybe this thing will, maybe this thing will just tear into me all of a sudden. Should maybe I shouldn't touch this. And also, Miyagi <laughs> was using, if I'm not mistaken, he was using one that was like corked essentially. Exactly. And then he winds up thinking, oh, this one's probably corked too, to back up what you were saying. And he just recklessly rushes in, and he almost gets, you know, turned into a Final Destination movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, that was legit the first thing. Like, oh, there, there he goes. <laughs> That's how it happens. Monica, how about you? How do you feel about the comparison between Ali and uh, Kumiko? It's two different cultures. You have mm -hmm. the all American girl, the Valley girl, and then you have, you know, the the beautiful Japanese country girl. And also, just I'm gonna throw it out there. It's not like Daniel was like someone everyone should fall over, not look-wise, but like what did he really have to offer any of them? I'm just saying, I'm hearing you, you're, I'm hearing, you know, your take on, on Ali and Komiko, but uh, Dan wasn't, you know, something to, uh, to fall head over, head over you know? Oh, he definitely had a bad attitude a lot with oh, yeah. Ali sometimes for no reasons, like, bro, mm -hmm. chill, well, chill. That was well. That's how the second film begins. It ultimately ends with him and Allie. Well, you don't see it's off screen, but yeah. they break up, and he's like, "Oh, she fell in love with some UCLA footballer," and you know, he's like stormy. He's like pissed off as usual, you know, because he's a hothead. So he's yeah. also what yeah. seventeen at that time or eighteen. But then in Cobra Kai, Allie tells her side of the story of what really happened. Exactly, which um, which kind of which kind of tracks. Which is what with which tracks with how like how he and Johnny are so similar. Yeah, of course. But no, back to um, love story wise, I mean, the first, Allie, it's, it's the typical 80s high school movie, you know, that she's just beautiful. And she was she was different because she wasn't snobby. She didn't really look down on Daniel because, you know, he was lower class or anything like that. Um, and and she she seemed like she had a good heart and you know she knew what johnny was and i mean very intelligent 
but it was just, you know, the typical 80s all-American girl. And then you go to, am I, I don't want to butcher the name, Komiko. Am I saying it correctly? I think it's Kumiko, right? Kumiko, sorry. I want to to pronounce it correctly. Um, It's just, and then, you know, I could see it from uh, a teenage boy's point of view, like, first time in another country and he meets you know the a foreigner and he falls in love simply because she's just different it's a different world um obviously it's an upbringing thing you know uh that that he's very mesmerized i do like their love story it's very different now Um, but there's no i'm not i i do not favor one or the other because it's just too completely different types of of women and and if you look at uh daniel's uh viewpoint you know he's a high schooler and he sees the first beautiful girl he sees which is every high schooler and then i agree then i see his point of view when he goes to japan his first time like he's in culture shock and he sees the most beautiful girl in japan he she does something different in his eyes and he's like oh you know do you think potentially that one of the other reasons why he liked her, uh, Kumiko, in the second film could also be the fact that it was part of Miyagi's world being introduced to his life and that he was getting closer to Miyagi? No. He's actually seeing where he was from, you know, seeing, you know, he was there when his dad passed away and he had that, you know, there was that moment, that touching moment between Miyagi and uh, uh, at Danny beach. at the beach when they're watching, it was at the sunset. And yeah. he was telling, talking about his father and that, you know, he wasn't the greatest son. He even admits that. And he goes, you know, but I was there for that moment, that final moment that made up for it to him that, you know, I held his hand as he passed. Um, no, I, I, I look at it as from a, a teenage standpoint that is just a different. These two girls are from different worlds and the mentality that a teenager boy has is why he likes one for this reason, why he likes the other one for this reason. I don't believe it has nothing to do with uh, Mr. Miyagi and his background. Um, That's their own, that's his another story in his life. Like, you know, Mr. Miyagi is something different to, to Daniel and Mr. Miyagi provides Daniel with wisdom and definitely protection which I'm sure Daniel never really had since his dad, you know, passed, passed away. Um, but when it comes to, to the loves of his life, I look at it as a teenage boy standpoint, cause I've been there, um, that I've in high school, there were, there were guys from a South American country that barely knew English and they saw this tall white girl that knew Spanish and they're like, Oh, we love her. She's different. It's different. She, you know, it's, 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 I, I see it as a teenage standpoint. Okay. And that's my story and I'm sticking to it. (laughs) (laughs) What about you, Michael? What? What about me? But, but why, what, like, why, why you favored that one so much? I I famous Kumiko, uh, favor, uh, Kumiko more because I feel like her character was better developed as Ernie was touching upon early on. Um, I don't know if it has to do with maybe because I, that they ex- it was a way for them to explore Miyagi's relationship as well, like in with Japan and 
um, Danny getting closer to him, like which is what I was alluding to when I was when I was asking you those questions. Um, but that that's why I favored her more. I just felt to me she was a better put together character as opposed to Allie, who kind of for me Allie came off kind of clearly as like the love interest. While Kumiko, yes, she was there as the the quote love interest as the way it was written, but I felt like they handled it a little better. I mean, yeah, but I just see it as to, like in real life, we all had that big first young love, and then we have that love when we're older. It's just two completely different uh, uh, events in our lives and two entirely completely Two completely different individuals. Right. Although I would say that even though they're two completely individuals, the only through line is how badly things end between between them and Danny, Daniel LaRusso. Like, since since because I know the reason why Elizabeth Shue isn't in the sequels because she was she was actually in college at the time. Because she was educated and smart, unlike her character that you know, wasn't that Ivy League, but you know, you know what I'm saying. She wasn't dumb, but right. But then I feel it, they could have done more with her character, Allie. They could have done more to make her like, oh. But, I mean, I'm sure they could have. I'm just saying. Like, if this is, I feel like if it was, if this is done today, there, there was, a, there could have been a lot more that would, that would have been done for her. I mean, but also this is the 80s. This is Hollywood in the 80s. They're just looking at the beautiful blonde. Like, that's it. Name name one 80s uh, high school teen movie that had an awesome love story. That's not my cup of tea, so I'm out of This is out of my depth right now. Ernie, Sean? Yeah, I know. I know this is Sean's cup of tea. Like, mm, that's, a, that's a toughie. Uh, exactly. Yeah, that's... Exactly. You have, to give me some time, you have to give me some time to answer that question. No, there, there, there was none. <laughs> right? well, I I'm sure that to... One listener is like, well, Monica was wrong because in this film by this obscure director in this strange time, there was this one film that click, 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 click. Well, obviously she doesn't know about something. So that's what they're doing right now. Yeah. Seriously exactly. typing in the comic section. Yeah. <laughs> and please leave it in the comic section. We want to see it. You know what? <laughs> Only 80s couple that I'm like, why not? I don't know their names, but it was in Friday 13th, part five. It was the two horny <laughs> teenagers that, could, that couldn't get in each other. Yeah. The one, I don't, I don't know their characters' names, but I know in real those life. Damn enchiladas. The, actress, the actress had those huge boobs, and her last name was Horsey. <laughs> and she had a terrible, they both had a terrible death in that one. But I'm just saying, those I like because they seemed like they were in love, even though they barely talked because they were busy doing other things, if you know what I mean. All right, let's let's swing it back to Karate Kid too. <laughs> we can do we can do the Friday Thirteenth series later on, but let's do Karate Kid right now. All right. <laughs> I'm the one taking us away from a tangent. This feels weird. Okay. Looks like the shoe is on the other foot. Chosen. Like Badass yes, chosen. or fucking annoying? A little bit. Uh, well, he's a bit of both. Like, if, like, are, are we are we delving into? 
the Karate Kid Part Two, or do we wait? Do we yeah, get everything yeah, no, we can yeah. out of the first yeah. one? Yeah, oh, we're, we're in two hopping. now. We yeah, are we're in two. two. I mentioned the whole thing about uh, Miyagi's dad passing and the moment he had right. with uh, Danny. Uh, discussed a little bit about Kumiko. Um, a little bit about Miyagi's uh, hometown being like a fishing village, and yeah, right. So go on, good yeah. sir. What were you gonna say? Oh no, I was asking, do we get, do we get, do we get everything we can out of it? Yeah. Before we move on, but yeah, okay. So we got, let's got go on to Chosen. I feel right. like Chosen. Let's go on to Chosen. I don't know why he stopped. Everything okay? He heard you? his, he heard his sensei. So yeah. Exactly. I was, I was, I was waiting, I was waiting to make sure I had the allowance to go, to go forward. But I feel like no, Chosen is. It, I feel like well, well, much more than than Johnny was. Like, oh no. This guy is like a legit, a legit menace. Yeah. Like, like the scene where you find that he's been cheating the villagers out of the, out of out of paying for groceries with the which, the fake weights. With, yeah, with the fake weights. Uh-huh. Which, unlike unlike Dan, like like I feel like the beef between Chosen and Danny particularly it makes less makes less sense this time. Because unlike John, like unlike Danny, who like yo, say what you will about Johnny, he like with the with the waterhouse, he went after J- Johnny on that one. But no, Danny in accidentally found out about the scheme, so he wasn't trying to. He wasn't trying to blow his blow his spot up like that. But the, <laughs> that was a freak accident. But he just he's like, no, oh, too bad for you. It's not a good motivation, but it's also again it mentions what we're talking about with like that that constant theme of old grudges persisting. Um, the only reason why Chosen is the way he is is because of Sato and Sato's relationship with Miyagi and Miyagi, you know, not wanting to fight. Sato, but Sato couldn't let his pride and his ego, you know, aside, and it wound up bleeding into the next generation. And Chosen was just being a dick after uh, Danny was like, you know, I'm sorry, dude, didn't mean to, my bad. And then uh, one thing after another, and even when um, Danny in the bar breaks those six sheets of ice, right? Right. I think John, person, I think Johnny would have taken that as like, oh shit, that's pretty badass. While Chosen was like, no, screw you. Yeah. Oh, here's a fun thing because I was I was because I, when I was doing the rewatch, I was like, "Hang on, how much money did he get out of this?" So I just did the maths. It was six hundred dollars at Miyagi bet. At six to one odds, that's thirty six hundred dollars in nineteen eighty four, mm-hmm. which gets which gets almost it's just almost ten thousand dollars in today's money that Danny just walked out with <laughs> because Chosen wouldn't leave things well enough alone. Definitely <laughs> good. Yeah. Like, hey, hey, maybe if you just chill out, because because and that's the other thing. Unlike when Danny's being bullied by Johnny, it's not that Danny can't defend himself. Is that Chosen just shows up like five dudes and and cheap shots him, and that's not if he's by himself. Danny just tries to just walk away and let things end off. Like he's 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 following the Miyagi bus. Like, look, go be there. I'm not trying to be there for the fight. I'm trying to leave. Just let's be cool, dude. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't having that. Right. Chosen is uh, my least favorite villain out of the series. Just saying, he's 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 a badass, but he's so annoying. And is my least favorite villain. Um, I like his uncle more than than him. Um, but he, he's he's a little bit of uh, he's he's my least favorite out of the series, and. I really hated his character at the end 
that he became so shameful that, you know, he didn't try to save uh, Soto and he didn't try to save the little girl. And, but all of a sudden he got balls to man up and uh, punch a woman at the end of the movie. I just hold didn't, her at knife point. I hold her a knife point. I just didn't like that ending. Like, like the fighting was amazing. The the fighting was amazing. I just mm-hmm. didn't. I just like his whole thing. Like why he it bothered. Like why he was jealous. Why why he hated Daniel. Um, he was a bit too much with the bullying, especially with the girl. But that ending, I don't know. It's just. He's 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 just not my my favorite character or favorite villain of the series. He's very on the nose. Like it, it's clear. Like we want you to not like this guy because he is bad, and we're going to show you how bad because we're going to make him do bad stuff throughout right? this entire film. True. On top of that, being a hypocrite because he talks about honor and shame, but yet he's like swindling villagers out of their hard work. You know. Yeah, he's a hypocrite. It's full of shit. Yeah. He abandons his master when his master has the house fallen on him, which, you know, it's It's tough, but at least, you know, don't run away. Be like, hey, Miyagi, let's set aside our differences. Danny, can you help me rescue my master? You know, he just he just did what what any lame passerby was like, yeah, no, he's dead. He's like he's like 64 and he got crushed. He like a house fell on him. Dude, that that dude's gone. I would never do that. I would like triple check to make sure you're dead because I don't need you coming back. And getting my ass into my <laughs> they say like she left me, you know. That's a different Karate Kid movie. Yeah, that's another darker Karate Kid that oh, yeah. I think maybe Rob Zombie would have made. But yeah, exactly the Rob Zombie remake. Rob Zombie's a Karate Kid. You see, you see, Mr. Miyagi's played by Tyler Mayne. Oh God. <laughs> yeah, the don't and and Hollywood. I don't know if you're listening to this. I doubt it, but. Someone out there, don't touch this series. Leave it alone. You're doing good with Coco Powell. Listen, we don't talk about that one. It's bad enough people are watching that more than they saw the original. Hey, right? hey, hey, Wait, whoa, are you serious? hey, whoa, hey, whoa, hey, whoa, whoa. Well, well, the remake, I think, is, is, is more easily accessible at this point. It's, I it mean, is. it's just, you know, more platform, more modern, so people got a hold of it faster, and that's all. I think Komakai's pretty much changed in that now. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. But Master Yeah. Master Shosen though, like personality wise in the movie, he wasn't all that special. Martial arts wise, I respect him. Until you know he's our new nerdy turret, but for the most part Good as a physical antagonist, not so much as a uh, a character foil, in my opinion. No, I, I actually agree with you on that. Now, Johnny, I don't even know if I would count Johnny as a character foil anymore after Komakai, but like, he felt more like at the opposite end of the spectrum compared to Daniel in the uh, movies. Chosen just felt like he would never be there. But the fighting wise, I believe there was a lot more than is Johnny at the time in the movies. So that's why I'm pretty chosen. I feel like from the movies themselves, it's like you no, know, he's he's a she's straight up eighties villain and that's it. 
even though you do see the flashes, you like like you said, we see flashes of here's a, here's a normal kid that Johnny is when he's not being riled up by Crease or riled up by his his grudge against against Daniel. You get flashes of it. Like even when like like going back to the first one, even when when Crease tells Johnny to sweep the lake, he even he looks like he looks in disbelief, like 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 he's not sure why you're telling me to do this. Yeah, there's that look of doubt in his eyes. He's like, "Are you sure I should be doing this?" Like, this isn't even J- Johnny has like morals at that point. He's like, "I don't think this is right," but I guess since you're the uh, my sensei slash like you know when you find out in karate uh, Cobra Kai like father figure even in this case kind of like the way Miyagi was to Danny. Um, <clears throat> he's like, "All right, I guess." You got a problem with that, Mike? Wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) That was just a little light in the movie. (laughs) Why did everything (laughs) skip? You know why. You went to both of you in some way, shape, or form, Mike. You made it all worse. I, I I sanded the floor with that comment. No. Um, oh, get out. I don't care if you don't. Get out. That was get out. well done. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. You want to end the podcast, That's how you do it. No, no. Shut it down. Shut it up. <laughs> there are some people that like two better than one. I can see. I can see why. Just like if you if you were like a huge fan of Miyagi, two is giving you everything you want. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But like and like it's and it's the same thing because like like a lot of two contextualizes so much of one. As why is like why does Miyagi why does Miyagi go through that whole convoluted way of teaching Daniel how to do karate. So he goes, oh no, because technically he shouldn't be, he shouldn't have been teaching Danny, Daniel anything at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's like, which makes sense of why is he so, like, it, it fits with his philosophy as to, <coughs> what, like, you know, let's come to the conflict resolution, let's solve this before the fight starts. But also, but also, no, since I'm not supposed to be training you, let's try to get this done in a nonviolent fashion. And then when I turn, like I have no choice. I'll disguise the training as some other, some other form of some other form of manual labor, as it's supposed to be passed down from father to son. And unfortunately, I have done. Yeah, and there's also that comment at the beginning of the film where he goes, "Wait, but why did your dad teach Sato?" And he goes, right. "Oh, he made an exception." Yeah, and again, it's because Miyagi asked him to. Mm-hmm. Like all the deviations, which makes sense for what, and also makes sense as to why he would. Goes like, like defy Yuki, like for Yuki, for Yuki. I just no, I couldn't. I had to. Hello. It just oh, makes hello? you love him more. Yeah. yeah why is that part? I don't know okay. what happened there. But no, like I was saying, yeah, no. He's always apparently he's always been the one to butt tradition. Even though it's as traditional as Miyagi is, like, oh no, when push comes to shove, he will he will buck the trend if he has to, because it's sometimes he can't you know, he can't deny who you are. Yeah, I mean it kinda of why he's saying shining from Chris as well. Mm-hmm. That he could not not involve, he could try talk not in that situation, but push come to some, he's anyone intensive, right? 
and he'll go against his own seasons if he has to, just to make sure everything goes okay. Right. And it kind of what makes him a better teacher than Daniel will ever be in uh, Komakai, just because he knows when to break his seasons and do something else if he has to. Yeah, well, um, Danny, I mean, this is good to going more into Cobra Kai, but uh, Danny's way too, we'll say, rigid when it comes to his karate philosophies, if that makes right. sense. He thinks Miyagi's, because of his experience with Cobra Kai, Miyagi-Do is the best and only way to do it, while Cobra Kai, there's no good from Cobra Kai, even though we both, we all know, I think we all come to the point where it's all really contextual-based, where you have to use the right technique at the right moment. Yes. Yeah. Essentially. So, I'm pretty sure I know the answer for most people, but which one out of the two is your favorite movie? Oh, I guess okay, that's, yeah, that's, that's toughy. I have to say, oh man, it's really tough because there are elements of both that I like and elements of both that I didn't like. Like, well, I'll go, I'll go backwards since we're talking about two right now. I really like the exploration of Miyagi's, you know, background in an indirect way by showing, you know, Danny where he's from, his family, the life that he left behind when he came over to the States and so forth. Um, but at the same time, the first one I liked because without that mysticism that's like, or mystery, mystery that's there, the impact of learning about Miyagi's background and where he's from kind of is diminished because they established that in the first one a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. How about you, Ernie son? Um, all right. So I like things from both movies for different reasons. Some of what you say from the second one, I like the exploration of Miyagi. I like his background and the whole, basically it's like the foundation for what Miyagi know and for Miyagi as a character. Right now they established that. And it laid the foundation for pretty much everything that continued after, mm-hmm. which is a good thing. But I would, the two movies, I gotta go with the first one. But at the time, it was something different, something you really may or may not have been affected, depending on who you were at the time. Can't be for everybody, but for me, it was a uh, kind of movie I never really seen at the time. When you say the type of movie you haven't seen, what do you mean by that exactly? Um, it was a different take of an underdog movie. Okay. Like, most of the underdog movies got the revenge in some way, shape, or form. And this one at least had a decent lesson of trying to avoid the battle before they even began. And it kind of was, in a way, ahead of its time with the mysticism, just to bring in... A lot of people nowadays to try to be more spiritual, and a lot of scenes in the first movie are very spiritual. And the second one too, don't get me wrong, but there's a lot of it with Miyagi and Matt Rowley and where he came from that adds to it. But it completely comes out of nowhere, and I, even the same thing that Rashad gave you in the beginning of the first movie, um, Miyagi just means different the way we try and cast the flies, the way mm-hmm. he is 
knowing this everything, the way he was so tending to like the bond size, just the way he reacted, it, it had this more like spiritual focus and nature to it, just in the way they trained and everything else. It, it felt more like a, a more cohesive experience. And for that reason, I kind of liked the first movie more. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, how about you, Mrs. Miyagi? Oof. I am torn between the two. Yeah, I'm in the same boat, so. <laughs> uh, the first one is just the story, you know, kid, you know, moving to to a different city and, you know, falls in love, has bullies, and it's, it's, it's just stuff that I like in my movies, especially from the 80s. Um, I do... <sighs> Like it's it's a basic story, but I, I can't explain it. I just like the journey, and um, I enjoyed the the comedy between Daniel and Mr. Miyagi in the first movie. Um, the second one, I like more of the the fight sequence and more of Daniel's training. They show more in that one, which I really do enjoy, and it has. Um, I, I, it's, it's, it's mostly Mr. Miyagi's story in that movie, which I love. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh, I would say it's both. It's both. I like the second one more for the fighting and Mr. Miyagi. And I like the first one because I love the, the high school antics between Cobra Kai and Daniel. And I love the bonding relationship between Miyagi and Daniel because it's very heartwarming. Like he treats Dan, you know what my mom said when we saw Karate Kid the other night? She goes, that's why he calls him Daniel's son because he thinks that's his son. I was like, oh, it's cute, very cute. I was like, you're right, Ma, you're right. So I, I like both for two completely different reasons. They're both really good. The it's not the the second one's not the best sequel ever, but I I I enjoy it, and and, uh, and yeah, that's I they're they're lovely because after this three and four, I, it's we're we're going to hell. If you guys <laughs> Metalocalypse, remember Bozo the Clown? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess that leaves our former All Valley Under eighteen crowd champion Vash. Which of the two, or are you kind of torn between both? I'm definitely torn between both of them. Okay. Like, I honestly, I honestly feel like it's ask you can ask me, ask me, ask me, ask me at least once a day, every every day. I'll give it every answer. Every day. <laughs> it's like, man, this is like this is like genuinely like one of the toughest things. Like, you know, man, I don't know which one. Like, like, like to like after today, after rewatch it, man, let me let me go rewatch one again. It's like, man, this, there's a whole, there's so much I didn't catch first that it was just really blowing my mind, and then, like, to go like you can come back tomorrow. It's like, man, two like, part two is like, part two is my favorite. I gotta I gotta watch that right now. Just like you like honestly, listener, you can't go wrong with either one. Yeah, you can't. You, you can't. Say, enjoy both. I'll say the best thing you can do is if you have the time, make sure you have enough time in the day to watch both. Mm-hmm. Just go one right at the other. You'll be happy. Well, what did you so what did you like about one and what did you like about oh we'll start with what did you like about one 
And then what did you like about two? Well, I like what I liked about one is so, it's like considering the, the director. I, it's the same thing I liked about one is the same thing I liked about it's like the like the original Rocky. It's, here's a guy who you don't expect to to see much come of him, especially in this kind of situation with the bullying that he's going through and through some unconventional methods or someone who looks looks to help him in a way where even he didn't think he'd be able to get some help. We're gonna try. We're gonna do what we can to help this kid and help him find justice within himself that even he wasn't expecting. And because it's the, th- the same thing, because every because like as the training everything goes on, Danny's Danny's like th- his goalpost shifts. Like, is it this one? It's like it's can you, man. I don't know if I can fight these guys too. I can fight them. Do you think I can? Do you think I can actually fight these guys? Yeah. Like, do you think? Do you think I can actually make it to the tournament? Yeah. Do you think I can get to the finals? Yeah. Did you think I could win? Of course. Because <laughs> you notice Miyagi never says he can, he knows he can win until Danny says he, until Danny asks him, like he until he thinks himself he can win. Right. He's not going to confirm it for him. He wants Danny to get to it himself. Mm-hmm. And how about two? And for two, it's it's all about all the information we get with get, get with Miyagi at this point. Just. You you get more context as to why Miyagi is the way he is, the way he's the way he sees life, and the, like the personal sacrifices he made. Like, and I know we didn't touch on the scene. It's like when he sees Yuki for the first time when he finally gets to his father's house. Oh, that's and right. He, and he's and he's and he apologize and he's apologizing to her for you know having her go through all this, like having to reach, having to find him, go out, like reach out to him, and do all this. And he's like, he says. I imagine your I imagine your husband can't be happy with that. Only to see and you see the the heartbreak in his eyes when he when she tells him she never remarried, and it was all out of respect for him and the sacrifice he made. And you can tell, like, what you call him, especially knowing in the first movie that like, he you know, he found he 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 met someone. Mm-hmm. He like unfortunately he he's gonna have a family of his own. That he was hoping that with him leaving, she could go on and live her life as, in the best like. You know, Sato was the richest guy in the town in the village. Her life was gonna like with him out the way, she was supposed to be taken care of. And to find that that never happened, uh, you can see you can see that generally hurt him. Yeah, and- it's one of the few times where he was wrong about something and that it's so and it's and it's not wrong because he gets wrong, it's wrong because of something he actively did. And to add to what you were saying about the um, their relationship, remember the tea ceremony and Danny's watching with Kumiko, yes. and he's like, "What's going on?" And she's like, "Oh, they're falling in love again." Oh, God, so beautiful. And then later on, of course, Danny goes through the same scenario with uh, Kumiko. Listen, Dan. Dan falls in love too easy to begin with. <laughs> you might not be wrong. I'm not going to disagree with that. Right? Like, like, like. I know we're not going to talk about it now, but when we get to the third movie, oh, Dan, Dan was upset that Kumiko goes on to actually follow her dreams, and, be a and that's why. And, and they broke. And they broke up because she has to go travel now. Mm-hmm. Even though, and you remember in the second one, he's encouraging her to go follow her dreams. Exactly. Yeah. I'm, well, again, as I said before. Y'all judging the ladies. He's not that great. Well, we're not oh, judging, no, 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 yeah, I, we're I judging him. Yeah, well, I'm judging him. Like, I fly said, oh, yeah, no, it, this is his fault. <laughs> he, it's like, how do you get mad at someone for actively encouraging? It's like, hey, like, hey, Monica, I want you to go follow your dreams. Who the hell is bodies? Who's hiding the body? See, look, don't worry about that. That would be me, man. That would be me. Look, there could be, look, 
when when the, when the opponents before you, you, you show no mercy. He's your enemy. Well, so you gotta do what you gotta do. No, those are he's burying all the characters from Karate Kid Two that you know we never saw again. That's what. That's what <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. That was supposed to be our secret. <laughs> that shouldn't have tickled me as much as it did. Met <laughs> me. So are there any parting words in regards to either films that you wanted to talk about? Anything in particular that stood out for either one? Monica, Ernie, uh, back? Uh, once again, babes back then, super silver fox babes now. All of them. <laughs> All of them. Uh, they age like fine wine. Um, and the Karate Kid, you can never make a movie like that again. Uh, one is just, you know, the world has changed Two, uh, most movies now they go for looks first because that, that chemistry between Ralph and Pat, it's just so good. It can never be done again. No matter how good your acting is, it can never be done again. It's if, Whoever's listening to this, if you just focus on Cobra Kai, you gotta watch Karate Kid. You gotta watch the original. You you you'll love it. It's it's definitely heartwarming. Everybody would love to have a Mr. Miyagi in their life. One hundred percent. Everybody would love one. They definitely enhance each other. Cobra Kai and the Karate Kid series. We're talking films one through four. Well, three right. because technically four is only kind of passively mentioned in one. Yeah. I mean, you know, honestly, if you haven't seen the first two movies, what are you doing? Go watch them. Yeah, if you've gone through the entire podcast and not having seen either one, if you were hoping... It's not even that. You're a film, um, I mean, you're a fan of, like, Cobra Kai, and you haven't watched the original two, go watch them. (laughs) Do yourself a favor. It could have that whole world lore in the back of your head. It's just nice. Do yourself a favor. What about you, Michonne? Oh, uh, I don't. I think. I think there's nothing I can say that hasn't been said already. It's just. Well, I mean, you are the former All Valley Champion, yeah, so you must have some parting words of wisdom. What does the former champ have to say for himself? You know what? <laughs> I'm gonna put. I'm gonna say this right here. I'm an, I'm officially announcing that I'm coming out of retirement. I gotta. I gotta get back. <laughs> no, no, but seriously. And you're no, going up is... against Brock Lesnar. Okay, no. Oh Jesus! Oh. No. <laughs> no. There's no, there's no amount of karate I could possibly do that could stand up against that. <laughs> I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do the number one rule of karate for for Miyagi Do, which is to not be there. <laughs> See, that's why most important watching movies. You learn that. <laughs> no, but uh, for, but seriously, just. Like it just it's for a set, like a pair of movies at this point, which are just showing you, hey, there's more to you than even you realize. It's just that sometimes you have to be, you have to be put in a situation where, or meet the right person who can help bring that help help you bring that out of yourself. I should say. Yeah. And there's much to learn from not just different cultures, but just much to learn from people from different walks of life, and see that hey, we're not all the you know it's not the same, or. It's a, it's different. It's more more different than you realize if you open your eyes and actually see. Keep an open mind. Grudges like 
don't don't hold don't try not to hold grudges because as you can see it's going to backfire in a number of different ways Jesus whether you realize Christ. it or not <laughs> my god i like i i knew about that theme like that theme was obvious even just watching cobra kai then re-watching karate kid one and two i'm like man can't these people just let bygones be bygones for one just one moment i think that would address a lot of the problems and also realize that they have a lot more in common than they do differences but right. here's, here's the thing why i said and kids listen to this having an ego does not help you in the long run ego destroys everything just as josh Wien. Ego <laughs> to your shit. It does not and well look at Johnny Lawrence. He is holding on to something that when he that happened when he was a teenager. He is still thinking about Allie 30 fucking years later. Ego is not good. <laughs> Yeah, you, we can't all, we we can't all be like Sato and have a, uh, and have a building fall on us and our and our friend rescue with the realize that hey maybe I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> That's I'm surprised you never brought that up in the story. So it's literally it's what you call him because it was like a really nice scene that it plays off that you know even after even after chosen in his gang trashed Miyagi's place, he still showed like because because Sato tells him it's time for it's time for the duel. Mm-hmm. Like Miyagi's like don't worry like the, just let it go. Denny just shows up at his house anyway. At no point is he dressed to fight. And instead, he tries to carry the conversation. Oh, hey, isn't that the giant beam that we both found when we were kids? We were always trying to break that. Like, yeah, no, it is. Like, he's like, even though he knows his dude wants him dead, he's like, no, uh, my friend's still there. I can reach him. Yeah, and Miyagi even saves him in the end in that scene. Exactly. Which I, I wanted to wait till we got to, as you mentioned about the layers of the multi layers of Miyagi. Um, <clears throat> you know, the whole time, you know, there's that right from the beginning of the second film. When they arrive in Okinawa at the airport, he says, oh, Mr. Miyagi, can you do that to a tree trunk? And he says, oh, I don't know. I never had to fight a tree. <laughs> and because like, yeah, it's, that, it's that same snarky attitude from the first movie. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah I get it. Yeah. Stupid question, I know. Okay. Mr. Miyagi <laughs> has the best lines. Yeah, I... Absolutely. Oh. Yeah, and even going back to the beginning when Kreese tries to fight Miyagi in the parking lot, and and just ends up busting open his own hands trying to punch through car, car windows instead. Like Daniel says it, no, you could have killed that guy. And Miyagi, like, it's like one of the few times where Miyagi doesn't try to sh- like, because you know when Daniel says something, he has something smart to say or something witty or something wise just to deflect. Mm-hmm. No, he just flat says, "Yeah, I could have." <laughs> like at no point is missing is Miyagi ever feeling threatened by anything. Like even in, like throughout the, the entire franchise, nothing th- like he's never threatened oh, by anything. That's the question. Go ahead, Monica. I'll let you go first. Go. Okay. Mr. Miyagi can kill anybody if you think about it. And the great part of this is, and this is, again, goes back to ego. He doesn't walk around acting like he's a big shot, putting fear in people's hearts that he can hurt you or destroy you. He, he doesn't, he just does not have that. His skills though, if you look at all the movies and all the things he says, he can hurt you. Despite his age and size, he can really like like put you in the hospital if he wanted to. And that's like the beautiful thing about this movie is, you know, it teaches you like you don't have to walk around like a crease. 
like, you know, what's the word? Mr. Miyagi is silent but deadly. Just saying. Yeah. Like, yes, go, Moshe. I'm go. Like, and you see that over and over again. Like going, like going back to the first one when he's on the when he's on the beach, to, like inadvertently showing Daniel the crane kick, and those drunk guys are are, are like just hanging out in his car. And he just he politely asks them to leave, and when they when they when they and to take you know clear up the garbage, and when he doesn't, he cuts four bottles in half with his bare hand. And like, yeah. And the same thing, Daniel goes, "Did you know you could do that?" Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, like, I, was, I was actually about to get to that. You just took the words right out of my mouth. So it's like. All the badass things you see Miyagi does are things he's just doing, like anything, anything that's pretty. Like, what's all the coolest moments of Mason Miyagi? Like, like, like the like fighting off Johnny in his game, breaking the bottles, fighting off Chosen a bunch of times, just like all these things where he's doing all these impressive things, and it's not, it's never anything that he's going out to seek it out. Just, like the only one that you can kind of say is when when Chosen beats up Danny in at, at Miyagi's house. And it's only because Chosen was actively trying to kill Danny at the time. Because every other time they hassled him, he's like, oh no, let it go. Don't worry about it. It's only when Daniel's life is in actual danger is when Miyagi decides, no, this is... All right, so this is the game you want to play, then we'll, I will quickly show you why you shouldn't play this game with me, of all people. <laughs> but yeah, like everything he does is just... I'm at a point in my life where... I have nothing left to prove to anyone. Nope. And the only people the only people I would have proven this to aren't aren't here anymore. Nope. So I have no reason to go do this. <laughs> if I'm going to fight you, I'm going if I'm going to fight you, I'm going to humor you to show you how very wrong you are to fight me. <laughs> now, spoiler alert, that's gonna be and that's not until the fourth movie where it's the only time you see him actively want to fight actively want to fight someone. And even then, that's probably just due to just unusual writing from the script itself. But yeah, we'll, we'll get we'll get there. Yeah, when we get there. yeah, that'll yeah. be the the next time we get together to talk about the Karate Kid franchise. Well, um, it is getting late, and I know some of us have to get to bed. So uh, let me do the closing message. If you've enjoyed tonight's episode, please leave a rating and review on the podcast platform of your choice. And if you want to stay up to date with everything going on with Neon Knights, Eternal Champions, or other shows we have in the pipeline, follow us at Neon Knights Productions on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, anyone wants to follow me, you can at Instagram at mdeleon0616. Um, I just pretty much post, like, you know, my latest Magic the Gathering polls or uh, old books, new, you know, well, old or new books signed by some of my favorite authors. Uh, take it away, Ernie. Uh you want to share wow. your socials or my socials? Uh, not at the moment, but okay. I hope you all have a wonderful night. Go out and watch those movies if you haven't for whatever reason. Go right now. Go do it and uh, enjoy the night. Mrs. Miyagi. <clears throat> uh, you can find me at Monica underscore horror. I have a hard time saying that word. Sometimes it sounds like horror, but I, it means horror. And uh, if you ever want to shoot the shit about movies and hear my ridiculous commentary, always feel free to hit me up. And last but not least, our former All Valley under 18 karate champ. Uh, well, if, if you are looking, looking for me, either just to follow me on my socials or to challenge me in combat, which I will refuse for several, 
several months until you trap me on the side of a mountain. Uh, you can find me <laughs> at, at, at Dr. Vanish on Instagram, Dr. Underscore Vanish on Twitter. Um, you can have some flower, some flyers in Tommy Village. You might find me there. Uh, I'm going to dump my bike in a, in a dumpster behind my apartment in, in Reseda. If you, if you want to spot me over there, that, that works too. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, uh. Now bow to your sensei. All right. Hi. Well, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> that took an unexpected twist. Um, well, as always, strike first, strike hard, and stay golden. <laughs> you got a problem with that? Until next time, stay golden.